As you make your way back to your seats, we'll be singing hymn number 410, It Is Well With My Soul.
really is true. The only way to, to really be happy in Jesus is to indeed trust and obey. And I pray that's the desire of our hearts as, as God's people who've been set free and been forgiven of our sin, that uh, we would desire to honor God, that we would hear from God and then not only hear from Him, but obey Him and trust Him and, and, uh, and live by faith uh, each and every day and, and grow closer in our walk with Him. And, you know, as, as we live each and every day, we still have that old sin nature. We have a new nature, praise God, as we've trusted Christ and the Holy Spirit uh, takes up resonance, makes us alive spiritually, and uh, we're no longer in blindness. Uh, we can now see. Uh, we're no longer dead, but we've been brought from death to life. And that's not by our working, but totally by trusting in the work of Christ and what He's done. And, um, and it's the glorious beginning of a personal relationship with the true and living God. Isn't it great that we know God, that we walk with Him and, and, uh, and talk with Him, and that He proves Himself over and over again? And I just pray that as God does that, as God proves Himself faithful, and as God helps us and gives us grace and strength, that we can't find in and of ourselves or in this world, but, but we trust Him and, and our faith grows. I pray that those are conversations that we have uh, with our friends and that we, that we have with those that we work with and those in the community that, that we'd not be silent. You know, I'm not talking about being obnoxious, but I, I, you know, in a, a humble, loving way. Um, and really, it's, it's too good not to share, isn't it? I mean, the greatest thing we have is our, is our salvation and our relationship with the Lord. And, you know, there's times when we go astray, and there's times that maybe we disobey. And because we are saved, and because we are a part of the family of God, and because we have been adopted into the family of God, and we have a heavenly Father, God will confront us when we do that. God will rebuke, or God will chasten, or God will correct us, just like a father would correct his son or daughter. Uh, and so the people of Israel, as we... Uh, as we focus on Isaiah tonight, we're going to be um, starting a series in Isaiah on Sunday nights. And so if you'll turn with me to Isaiah uh, chapter 1, um, I, I want us to focus on this truth tonight. God confronts. Just like God confronted His people uh, here in, in, uh, in the days of Isaiah, God will confront us as His people, as believers in Christ. And so I want us to focus on that tonight. You know, paying bills and going to the grocery store, getting the car serviced, our uh, days are, are filled with ordinary tasks that we carry out on automatic pilot without a whole lot of thought. You know, you think about tomorrow. Lord willing, God allows us to live a new day. Uh, there's certain routines and there's certain things that we do, and we just kind of really do it without thinking. Sometimes church and devotions fall into a repetitive rut. You know, maybe it's just kind of something that we... You know, get in the habit of doing and we're just kind of fulfilling an obligation. It's just time to do it so we, so we do it and if we're not careful we can fall into a rut. Even relationships can kind of become stale or, or just kind of fade in the background of, of routine. And as a result the failure of a relationship can catch us off guard. So I had this happen. Well it got it, it, it sort of gotten stale you know and it kind of caught us by surprise. We kind of got into a rut. Well, Isaiah described Judah's sinful ways like a lawyer presenting overwhelming evidence. You know, the people of God were guilty. And here's the prophet of God, Isaiah, which obviously a prophet is one that, you know, that shares the word of God, is faithful to share God's word. It's the truth. And it may not be well received, but it's the truth of God. And a prophet of God is going to share the word of God. And so Isaiah did that. And we see a picture of a people who had abandoned God. Though God had raised them and provided for them and God had been faithful and cared for them in every way as a loving father would for his children, with ingratitude they rebelled against God. So Isaiah is confronting them as the prophet of God, receiving a word from God. God is confronting his people. God was using loving discipline to draw his people back to himself. Yet they stubbornly refused him. And you'll see that in verses 5 through 9. They were stubborn. They, they continued, continued in their rebellion and refused to return back to the Lord. It wasn't that God abandoned them. They abandoned God. And instead of trusting in the Lord, the people of Judah 
place their trust in material things. Does that kind of sound like 2022? Oh, we can easily do that. So God removed their false sources of security that they would realize their need for God. The things they were trusting in and where their focus was at. God removed those things. And he did that because he was confronting them that they would turn back to him. They, they all would bear the consequences of their rebellion and their arrogant sin against God. And so the same is true for us today here in 2022. God never abandons his children, but he will lovingly confront us and he will discipline us and correct us so that we will return back to him. And isn't that the greatest place to be, by the way? To return to God, to be where we need to be, to be close to God. I don't want to get far from God. I don't want to get stagnant in my walk with God. I don't want to just pray and have a one-way conversation with God and just say, okay, uh, that chore's done, and, and then open the Bible, and, and let's just say maybe uh, we would all agree that it's a great thing to do to read the Bible through every year. Well, there's chapters that you have to read, and if we're not careful, oh man, i got to read six chapters today. And so here we go. We, we, we speed read through it, and we're not really meditating on it. We're not really letting God speak. We're just kind of doing it to just say we did it. And you know, church attendance can be that way. We can get into a rut, and it's just the thing to do. You know, that's a good habit to be in, by the way. But if we're not careful, our focus is not right, and maybe our heart's not really in it, and we're just kind of going through the routine. And that really describes the people of Judah. And, and they had gotten focused and fascinated on material things and rebelled against God. And so God is confronting them, and it was for their own good. It's never, it's never comfortable. It's, it's maybe anytime God corrects us, it's not something that we would that we would really choose and say, oh God, I just, I want you to correct me today. You know, it's not something that we enjoy, uh, but we do enjoy when God does that, knowing that we are his and that he's bringing us back where we need to be. So just as we saw this morning in, in Job's prayer with the Lord, that led to repentance. Job was honest with God. Job shared his heart with God. He poured his heart out to the Lord. But it led to repentance because Job realized his sin and he, he realized that he was wrong and so he admitted that he admitted it and he turned away from where he was and got back where he needed to be and we will always find peace and joy when we do that when we get back with God and we turn back to God that's called repentance and we'll see that more in just a moment so let's look tonight at the fact that God confronts and how he confronted his people in Isaiah chapter 1 and realize that the Lord still does that today Perhaps God is, is uh, confronting us about some things, about some issues, things in our lives. And, and, I, and that's a good thing. You know, I know it's, you, you know, we, we don't want to, uh, to be disciplined. We want to think that we're right where we need to be. But there's just times that we just, you know, God might get our attention and God might confront us about something. And the best thing to do is just say, yes, Lord, I'm guilty. God, you're right. And I surrender to you and I want to honor you and when we trust and we hear from God and we trust him and we obey him with a sincere heart not religion not an obligation but you know not doing it because we have to but doing it because we get to because we love God and we want to be close to the Lord I promise you you'll have God's peace and you'll have joy and, um, and, and you'll have God's blessing in your life and boy that's all that matters because you can't find that in this world you can't find it in earthly relationships but I'm grateful for our main relationship with God and the joy and the peace that we find in, in staying close with the Lord. So let's look at this tonight. I want us to see, first of all, in uh, verse 10, that when God confronts his people, we need to listen to God's instruction. Notice this in verse 10. And I'll read verse 10, and we're going to go through verse 20 tonight. Uh, but I just want to read verse 10 to get us started tonight. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I've had enough of burnt offerings and rams. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help us tonight. Lord, as we think about our relationship with you, Lord, I pray that it's not just religion and just religious exercises and activities. But I pray that it's a sincere heart so that, Lord, that you wouldn't say to us what you said to your people 
that you've had enough of, of their religion. Lord, I pray that we'll have a close, personal relationship with you so that, God, that when we go astray, that we're close to hear from you. And when you confront us, God, that we will, uh, as, as Job did, that we will repent and turn back to you and get, where, get back where we need to be. Because it's then, Lord, that we will have true revival. It's then, Lord, that we'll have the joy and the peace of God. And that's what I pray for each of these people here tonight, for those watching online, for, for members of Liberty First Baptist Church, God, that we'd not be foreign from your power and blessing and peace in our life. But, Lord, we would embrace it and enjoy it and engage with it more and more as we look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we need to listen to God's instruction. Now, if you look in verse 10 again, you notice, hear the word of the Lord, and then you look down further, give ear to the law of our God. Now, the words hear and give ear, you know, basically means listen, but it doesn't only just mean listen, it means to hear and obey. And so, so you hear it, but you don't just turn a deaf ear to it and say, okay, I'll think about that. But no, you hear it, and then you obey it. So it, so it carries the idea of hear and obey. And what are we obeying? Well, we, we're obeying the word of the Lord. We're, we're hearing his word, and then we're obeying it. And I'm automatically reminded about James, where James says, don't just be hearers only, but be doers of the word. God's word is powerful. God's word is true. But it's of no effect to us if we don't apply it to our life. And so we... We obey God's word. And so my question is, we think about God confronting us tonight. Are we listening to God's instructions? In other words, are we hearing from God? Are we hearing God's word? So let me ask you a question. Who are you listening to tonight? Because the reality is, we're listening to something or we're listening to someone. Does God's word influence us? Think about it. The choices that we make, the way that we treat others, and the way that we live our life, is it God's Word that's influencing us, that's impacting us, as we not only hear from God, but obey His Word? It's a good question for us to consider tonight. I'm afraid that the world speaks, and we listen to what the world says more than we hear from God and hear His Word. So may we not be guilty of that tonight. And here's the truth. If we just kind of become idle, and if we aren't intentional on making sure that we hear from God what's going to happen is is we'll navigate away from God because of this sinful flesh what I'm saying is, is, is like an athlete that makes it a point to train and exercise that's what we've got to do as believers and we have to be intentional say Lord I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to receive your word um, and if we don't do that we don't mean to but if we kind of get slack and and lackadaisical and, and maybe we're, we're not praying and not hearing from God and opening His Word as we should we just slowly but surely we just navigate away from God uh, I think it's Casting Crowns that has that song Slow Fade you know that's what happens isn't it it's just a slow fade it's not that you know we wake up the next morning and we're far from God but no it's just little by little you know if we're not hearing from God and we're not intentional you know, to have a time with God, a time of devotion and prayer and in the Word of God. And we just, you know, we get up, we hit the ground running, we live, like I said, autopilot. We go through our daily routines and a lot of times without thinking about it. And uh, we're not intentional. You know, we're, we find ourselves and we're not, we're not saying, okay, I'm going to make time for God today. And then all of a sudden, we're now, and then we find ourselves, we're, we're way over here. And we think, how in the world? God, how did you let that happen? Well, it's not God's fault. You see, we have to be intentional. And then God, if we're truly His, will, will correct us and will, will rebuke us and will discipline us that the fact that we're way over here and not back over there where we ought to be. And so God will confront His people. If He doesn't confront us, then we've got to wonder, you know, am I, am I truly His? Because the Bible says who the Lord loves, He chastens. So I'm far from God. And God will confront me on that. And so I'm at a crossroads. Okay, I'm guilty, Lord. I'm way over here. I hear what you're saying, but am I going to obey? I pray that we will. The regret comes when we don't obey because you know what happens? We get, we get a little bit harder heart. Then we find ourselves way over here. Then we're further and further away from God. And, and now we get to the point to where we don't even realize 
you know, we just kind of have a, a, a seared conscience, the Bible says. And then we just kind of come over here to the things of the world and we're just kind of doodling around and playing in the noise. And we're just so far from God now that God kind of just gives us over. And it was not his choice, it was my choice. And I've, I've been influenced more maybe by the ways of the world. But what we've got to do is, is we've got to be intentional. Let's get back where we need to be. And God confronts the people of Judah and he reminds them, you know, what they were doing. Notice this again in verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord. Give ear to the law of our God. Hear with the desire and the, and, and, and the, the, the choice to not only hear but, but obey. The word law of our God that we see in uh, the latter part of verse 10 carries with it authority. I mean, it's the law of God. It's authoritative. And it's true. And it's powerful. We know God's word is a double-edged sword. Man, it is, it is powerful. Yet, it carries with it the idea of affectionate personal instruction like a father would share with his son or like a father would share with his daughter, like a mother would share with her son or daughter. And so how blessed we are as children of God to have the Word of God. And it is authoritative and it is powerful. And sometimes it cuts to the very core of who we are. And it, it makes us uncomfortable. As we, you know, the, the Bible says of itself in James that uh, the Bible is like a mirror. You know, we, we, we can look and glance at it and we see who we really are and we can walk away from it. Or we can look at it and see who we really are. Sometimes we deny who we really are, don't we? And so God's Word will show us some imperfections. Some things that we think, ooh, boy, man, there's a little bit more wrinkles right here. Oh, man, hairline's getting a little bit higher, you know, uh, a little bit thinner on top. Or there's some, uh, there's some gray highlights that's showing up. And, and, uh, and, and my goodness, man, this right here. I, I always think about those ROTC, um, those students. I, I, I admire them. They go out there and they run around the school and they put on these watered-down backpacks. And it's like, you know, I'm like y'all because I got a little weight right here you know and I've th th that's on me as well but um, but but you know we see imperfections and that's what the Word of God does it's a mirror and it shows us who we really are don't just glance and walk away God confronts his people like he's confronting the people of Judah here and that's for our benefit man let's let God speak and let's hear from God and then let's obey and and do what God leads us to do but also um, not only should we um, hear from God and listen to God's instruction but in verses 11 through 15 I want us to see that mere religion falls short well what am I talking about I'm talking about just going through the motions I'm talking about our heart not being in it you know and and so I want us to think about that do we just have mere religion or do we have a relationship where it's an act of worship and we do it out of a love relationship for God not just religion that'll make you miserable but but it's from the heart sincere so the sacrifices that Isaiah mentions here in these verses you know they were meant to be an outward expression of a true commitment to the Lord you know I mean it was supposed to be from the heart they were supposed to be genuinely worshiping God and desiring to be close to God and, and, and to worship God. But you know, God knows our hearts, doesn't he? And he knew that they weren't sincere in what they were doing. So notice this uh, here in verse 11. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I've had enough of burnt offering of rams. and the fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who was required this from your hand to trample my courts, bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They are 
a trouble to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. So I'll, I'll just stop right there. And I just want you to know that as they were doing these exercises that were supposed to be a commitment to God as an act of worship from their heart, God says that he had enough of that because he knew their hearts. He knew that they were not sincere. He knew that they still had sin in their hearts and in their lives. They were just kind of going through the motion. They weren't sincere uh, in their worship of God. The fat or the, the fed cattle that we see here represents offering to God the best. Oh, listen, they were, good. they were doing the right thing, the right procedure. They were offering a good offering. And, and also the blood that we find represents devotion to God. But the problem was it was all a sham. They were doing the right things. They were busy about activity in their worship, but it was a sham and it wasn't sincere. It wasn't from their hearts. They were offering these things. It's almost like singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. You know, in, in, in church. But then our life throughout the week shows otherwise. And, and so it's the same principle. And God says, Oh, I've had enough of this. The people were not dealing with their sin. They were still in rebellion and in disobedience to God. Though they were going through the motions, they weren't at all devoted to God. God knows. He knows our hearts. You know, it's like also going to church for the wrong reasons. Do we just go, uh, you know, to, to be seen? Is it more than a social gathering? Or do we go to hear from God? Do we go to worship God? Now, don't mis misunderstand me. The relational is very important. That's the way God made us. That's fellowship. You know, we ought to enjoy the social side of it. Yes, that's, that's, that's the icing on the cake. But the main deal is to hear from God. And I have an encounter with the true and living God. And when God speaks, He may confront us on some things, but we love God enough to say, you know what, God, you're right. I want to be right with you. And we confess that. But these uh, people were just going through the motions. Their hearts were not right. They were, they were disobedient. And God knew. And God said, I've had enough. You know, this would be like offering a gift to a spouse. Who knows the one giving the gift is cheating on them. Huh. Boy, how, how would that go? Instead of being a blessing, the gift would be an offense because they know what they're doing. They know that they've been unfaithful. Well, God's people were, they were being more faithful to the world and to pagan, pagan gods of other nations instead of true worship of God. But also... Notice what God tells them to do about their insincere religious activity. Remember, we're, we're talking right now about how mere religion, it always falls short. I mean, it, it might be a very commendable thing. You know, it's, 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 an, it's an honorable thing to, you know, maybe we could say, man, I pray 10 times a day. I read, I read the Bible in the morning, at lunch, and in the evening. And we can talk about all this. And, and, I, and I have perfect attendance at church. And we can talk about all this, and that's honorable. But if that's all we've got, and we're not doing it out of, as an act of worship to God, I'm not reading the Word to hear from God. I'm just reading it to do it. Or I'm just having a prayer time, and I'm just having a, having a talk, you know, telling God to grant this and grant that. And I want, Now listen, don't misunderstand me. Prayer's powerful, and, and, and that's good. But if, but if my heart's not in it, and I don't sincerely desire to worship God and to know God and to hear from God and obey God, then it's, it's just religion. And there's no power. There's no blessing. And here what we find is just like the church of Laodicea that we find in Revelation, it makes God sick. God tells his people, I've had enough of it. What you're showing on the outside and what you're portraying on the outside is just a sham. You're just going through the motions. You're not, you're not worshiping me. You're not devoted to me. And so God says... Through the prophet Isaiah to his people, he confronts them on that and, and, and says enough is enough. And so in, in, in verses 13 and th uh, through 15, God can, continues, and notice what God tells them. Bring no more futile sacrifices 
Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feast, my soul hates. They are a trouble to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you, even though you make many prayers. You see that? They were praying. They had many prayers. But God says, I will not hear because your hands are full of blood. Their hearts were not right, and they were going through the motions, just doing it to say that they did it. You know, maybe just to kind of relieve some guilt. Made them feel good about themselves. You know, hey, we prayed. We worshiped. You know, the new moons and the, and the festivals, all that's, you know, the activities on the Jewish calendar. And they were, man, they were very religious. Just like the Pharisees. They were religious, weren't they? Oh, they knew the law. They prayed impressive prayers. But you remember what Jesus told them? Kind of the same thing that God's telling his people here through the prophet Isaiah. Jesus told them that they were nothing more than whitewashed tombs. Oh, they were beautiful on the outside, whitewashed on the outside, but on the inside. He says, you're dead man's bones. What does God know about us on the inside? Well, this, is, this, this right here is the truth. It's something that, that we've got to come to terms with. You know, are we, do we really just have mere religion? Do we just come to church to, to do it? It's the thing to do, to be seen. Or do we come as an act of worship? It's not that I have to go to church. Man, I get to. It's not that I have to pray. I can't do without it. I must pray. It's not that I, you know, I've, oh, I've, it's time to read the Bible. No, it's, now listen, you won't always feel like doing it. That's why you can't trust your feelings. But, but be disciplined and, and understand it's a privilege and an honor. And the more that we get closer to God, the more that we're going to do it. And it won't, it won't, it won't be you know, something that we would even forget because it's a good, it's a routine. It's like clockwork. I, it's, like, it's like Daniel that we looked at a few weeks ago. They knew they could get Daniel on prayer because he was a man of prayer. They knew three times a day up in his upper room. They knew that he prayed, and, and, and that's what he did. And even though the king agreed to this edict that no person should pray unless they're praying to the king, Daniel just kept on praying. What about us? You know, do we pray like that? Are we, are, are, are we desiring to truly worship and truly know God? God knows our hearts. And, and this, it's very sad here in, in verses, um, verse uh, 15, um, where, uh, or, or I'm sorry, verse, uh, verse, 15, yeah, verse 15, when you spread out your hands, I mean, you would think that would be something. Oh, they're, God, they're worshiping me. God says, when you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Because as they were, as they were pretending to worship God, what was on the inside was not right. They were not devoted to God, though on the outside they appeared that. When the Lord shines His face upon His people, and when God looks at them... That's a way of expressing his favor. God looks and shines on his people. And then to refuse to look at them was God's way of saying he was withdrawing his blessing from them. He was not going to receive what they were offering to him. Why? That seems so, you know, so cruel. Why would God not honor? They're, they're, they're doing a religious thing. They're, they're worshiping. It's because God knows our hearts. And so I share all that, all that here in, uh, in verses um, 11 through 15 to remind us that religion falls short every time. And so we need to ask, what about us? Have we kind of fallen in a rut spiritually? Do we just do it to do it? Or do we really want to hear from God? Do we really listen to God? And when God speaks, do we desire to obey Him? I promise you, every time that we hear from God and obey and trust Him, We'll never regret it. And God will always bless. You want God's blessing in your life? Then trust God, love God, worship God out of obedience because He's worthy, not because of, of a religious exercise, not because of, you know, of, of us doing what we do just for the sake of doing it, but as an act of worship out of a love relationship with God, not just mere 
religion. There's a difference between religion and relationship. And I think we all know the difference, don't we? I mean, we, we know about a relationship with God, just like we sing, He walks with me and He talks with me and He tells me I'm His own. I mean, isn't that great? You know, that He walks with us and, and, and we commune with God and we talk with God. And, and like we said this morning, He leads us to it and then He leads us through it. We trust Him. We open His Word and we apply it to our life. And many times, I don't know about you, but many times in my time of devotion, God will give me exactly what I need for that moment. I mean, I, I may not even know it at the time, but I'll have that time alone with God, and then something will happen in that day, and I'll say, thank you, Lord. I needed that golden nugget, the truth of your word. Oh, I'm grateful for the friend that we have in Jesus, and he deserves more than just exercises and just obligations to do it, religion. He deserves more than that, and the good news is, if we're truly believers, we have a relationship with him, and we know him. We're not some number to God. He knows you by name. He knows you. Let's get to know him more. Let's hear from him. Let's obey him. Because in verses 16 through 20, in closing, I want us to see that God offers forgiveness to those who repent. Notice, notice this in verse 16. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from my, before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. See, you see that learn? We learn to do good. That's the faith process is we trust God and hear from God, obey it. We, we learn that. It's not something that we get overnight. It's, it's a process. It's a lifetime of trusting and obeying. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless and plead for the widow. And here it is. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as what? Snow. What a blessing. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. Here it is. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And Isaiah the prophet was the faithful prophet of God to deliver the word. Now, I've mentioned repentance a lot here today. I talked about it this morning when Job repented. Well, repent means a genuine turning away from sin toward God. You remember when I was down there playing the piano, just having a good old time far away from God? Well, repent means that when God confronts me in that, then uh, I hear from God, and then I make a decision in my mind that by faith in my heart, I don't want to stay there. I don't like that mark that's over there far from God. I don't want to stay in that. Let's take the chains and let God set us free. And so we, we repent. We turn away from sin and we turn back to God. That's the idea of repentance. And when we repent, God offers forgiveness. And in verses 16 and 17, God gave commands for His people basically to correct their ways and to demonstrate that they were followers of God because they weren't acting like followers of God. And so God gives them a, a series of commands. Wash yourselves, put away evil, cease to do evil, learn to do good. It matters how we live. And, and so God gives us commands. The same God that told His people in Isaiah's day is the same God that speaks to us today. Put away these things that doesn't honor God, evil things, and cease to do evil. Stop doing it. God will give us the strength and the power to stop and then learn to do good. Seek justice and rebuke the oppressor. Let's, let's defend the fatherless. You know, church, let's defend the fatherless. Let's plead for the widow. When we think about orphans and widows. The Bible speaks about that. Let's, let's, let's focus on that. Doing good. Let, let's do the work of God instead of doing evil, being selfish and being far from God. Prophet Isaiah tells the people of God, this is what we ought to be doing. This is how people of God live. We think of others and love others because we love God. We stop doing evil and we learn to do what's good. Also, um, you know, these commands, they were not given to secure salvation, but to demonstrate what authentic, real salvation looks like. They weren't 
living like genuine believers in God should act. So God says, stop doing these things. And then start doing these things. You know, like Jeremy spoke last night. There's some things we need to put off. And then there's some things that we need to put on. And I wonder tonight, what are some things that maybe that we're currently wearing that God might confront us about and says, you need to stop wearing that. You need to take that off. And you need to pick this up and put this on. Whatever it might be. God will offer forgiveness and his blessing to those who truly repent when we hear from God. Should we put away some things in our lives? Because that's just not how true believers live. And when God confronts, maybe he's confronting tonight, I, I don't know. He will confront at times. And when God does that, are we open to hear from him with the desire to not only hear, but obey? The Lord makes it clear in verse 18. Note, I love this. Come, let us reason together. What's God saying there? God's saying, let's come together. And you come to me. I'm here. Come. Invitation is to come. But we reason together, not by God coming to, to us on our terms, but we come to him on his terms. See, that's the problem today. We make justifications and, and we blame for, for the way that we are. And, and it's like we're just telling God, Lord, this is who I am. It's like we're blaming God. You made me this way, you know. And so we, we just we want God to understand that we're not going to change. Well, God doesn't work that way. And, and um, I mean, we can continue to, to live in our rebellion and we can continue to live the way that we want to live. God will let us do that. But we're talking about the power of God here. We're talking about the blessing of God. And if you want God to bless, you want God's power, you want God to forgive, he says, come, let us reason together. And it's always on, on his terms. And notice this. What is it that we're, that we're um, reasoning together about? God says your sins are like scarlet. But here's the thing. They can be white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And if you're obedient and willing, you shall eat the good of the land. <laughs> Man, I think about last night. I know I cooked those steaks, but weren't they good? We had some good stuff last night. We had a great meal. And I thought about that. How are we going to have the, the, the blessings of God and enjoy the blessings of God? Well, we have to understand that our sin is, is like scarlet. We have to understand that our sins are red like crimson. But what God was telling them is that only through Him can they have their sins be white as snow. And only through Him can they be as wool. God is the one that will give forgiveness. But how does that happen? Look at verse 19. If, see that's a condition, if you are willing and obedient. In other words, we're reasoning together with God. God says, come. God doesn't have to do that, by the way. But in his grace and mercy, he says, come, let's reason together. The problem with your sin, oh, it can be white as snow. It can be as wool. But we've got to seek Him and ask His forgiveness. That's repentance that we're talking about. And we have to ask forgiveness. And if we'll do that, if we're willing and obedient, oh man, we'll eat of the good of the land. Talking about God's blessings. We will indeed be blessed and God will give forgiveness. But then we also have a warning in verse 20 as we close. But if you refuse and rebel, you're going to be devoured by the sword the mouth of God has spoken. In other words, this is, this is not up for debate. Whether you like this or not, let's reason together. I'm open for you to come to me and let's deal with this sin and disobedience in your life. I'll give you forgiveness if you're willing and obedient. But if you don't, then you'll be devoured. We think, well, today's different, Mark. This is 2022. No. We come to God on His terms. And we seek His forgiveness and we honor Him. Not out of religion. You know, don't dare add a bunch of long list of things that you're going to do and hope God will be pleased with it. It's one thing. It's hearing from God and obeying God. And He's worthy. And it's worship. God, I stopped doing these things, though I may have done it for years. And I stopped reacting to things this way, though I have done it for years. But I want, to, I want to worship you. 
I want to be who you want me to be. I want to, Lord, I, I thank you that you're going to reason. Let's reason together. Let's deal with my imperfections and my sin. God will wash it white as snow. I think about 1 John 1, 9. If we, another condition, if we will confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible tells us that, you know, that God will take our sin and he'll cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. You know, that, that just boggles my mind that an all-knowing God, God who is omniscient, that when I ask forgiveness, he will deal with my sin in such a way that he doesn't even remember it. How does that happen? How does an all-knowing, omniscient God forget my sin? What sin? The devil accuses us. God says, what sin? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You talk about being blessed, that, that's where it's at. Let's be close to God. What we're talking about here tonight is revival, and that's what we need. You know, if we will, if, if God confronts us, it might make us uncomfortable, but man, that, that qualifies us to be right with God and enjoy God's blessings, to eat the good of the land, as Isaiah proclaimed. Don't you want the good of the land? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I want God's blessing. I want peace, and I want God's joy in my heart and life. But if I'm at odds with God, and I'm, going, and, I'm a, and I'm living a life that's offensive to Him, I will not know of His power and blessing. That's why it's important for us to come and reason with God. Let God deal with our sin. Let's worship Him out of love, not out of obligation. Let's not just go through the motions and get into a rut. But let's love God. Let's worship Him tonight. So um, I pray tonight that is, if there's something God's confronted us about, let's respond to it. And let's leave this place with peace and with joy. God's blessing in our hearts and lives. Heavenly Father, oh Lord, I thank you for your word from Isaiah that we've seen tonight. And Lord, it is absolutely true. The principles there, Lord, though it was written to the people of Judah, we know that the same God, the same principles are true for us as believers in 2022. God, I thank you that you care enough about us and you love us enough that you will confront us. Help us to not run away from that or to turn a, a deaf ear towards you. Help us, Lord, to hear from you and to listen and then obey and do what you lead us to do. Because we know that it's only then, God, that we can enjoy your power and your blessing, your favor in our lives. We can eat the good of the land. That's what I pray for tonight. Lord, have your way and will in each of our hearts and lives. Do your work. Give us peace and joy, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together? The offering or the, uh, the altar is open. And I encourage you to come tonight as God leads. Let's, let's enjoy God's blessing tonight. Let's trust Him. God says, come and reason. Let's reason with God right now and respond to Him as an act of worship because He's worthy.
Thank you so much for being here tonight. And I pray that it's our heart's desire to come and reason with God and let Him deal with our sin and disobedience and out of an act of worship. You know, that we'll get closer to God. I pray that'll be the case this week. We'll be intentional, not to just read the Bible to read it or pray to pray, but that we will desire to hear from God. And when we hear from Him, obey Him and trust Him. And I, I, I know that we'll, uh, we'll not regret that. So I pray that you have a wonderful week. And, and I love the sunshine, still sunshine outside and longer days. And, of course, fixing to head over to the Whitmire's house with our students, and that's always going to be a, a great time together. Uh, but I hope you have a wonderful week, and, and perhaps maybe uh, I'll see you on Wednesday night at, at 7 o'clock, and we gather together for midweek gathering. But hope you have a wonderful week, and, and God bless you. As we close tonight, I'm going to ask Matt Kiesler, if you would, if you'd close us with a word of prayer.